Conversations with Catholic Voices. Tackling the tough questions with Daniel Noor and Catholic Voices Australia. Hello, Cradio listeners. You found the right place to be. You could have flicked to any website and because you are people of good taste and character, and I'm talking to you, you, you found Cradio and to no less the very best podcast on the entire website. And that, you know, let's be frank, that is this. It's Conversations with Catholic Voices. My name is Daniel Noor. I'm a young convert to the faith with lots of questions on my mind. I was trained as a journalist, but, um, I was also born nosy, and so I think that will help us to uh, scratch out, find out the truth. We're looking at the major theological, social, political, and moral problems that face the church today, and this is Conversations with Catholic Voices. Cradio, being Sydney's greatest network for young Catholics, once again has given me another representative of the church, and we're joined again by Danielle Lupi. Uh, Danielle is a teacher, an actor, a mother. Uh, and she uh, really does love uh, the Catholic Church. And she, uh, you know, because of her reading, because of her background, knows a thing or two. Thank you for joining us, Danielle. Thanks, Daniel. It's great to be here. All right, then. So the topic today, and really this is a difficult thing to put in um, an upbeat introduction, but it is, it's the big one, wouldn't you agree? It's abortion. Uh, this is really, I mean, just bringing it up, uh, at the dinner table, um, you know, would, would make for a difficult evening. It's not the kind of thing that one goes into lightly. Um, but we hope that our listeners will benefit from what we talk about today. We hope it will be relevant and we hope it will be, um, well, we hope it will be pretty relaxed and casual, actually. Don't you think? Yeah, I think um, it's a topic, actually, that a lot of people are very interested in to know the truth. And I think that when uh, we can discuss it openly and you know, shed light where there's, you know, obviously confusion. Uh, often people then come around and see the, the Catholic view on it and the Catholic teaching of it. To that end, I think it's Humanae Vitae. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, Humanae Vitae. That is the kind of go-to uh, encyclical on the topic of birth control and abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, I suppose, maybe drawn from some of its implications a little bit but uh, in any case, this is just about uh, really the, the common issues uh, and problems that society seems to have with this one. So let's just start with something very simple. What is the distinction between pro-choice and pro-abortion? Well, I think when someone refers to themselves as um, pro-choice, we have to ask ourselves, well, what choice are they referring to? And obviously it's abortion. So what they're saying is that they believe it's fine for someone to obtain an abortion, which makes them obviously pro-abortion. So the use of the word choice, I think, actually shows that it's all about a stigma of being called pro-abortion. And, you know, I ask, why is there a stigma if there's nothing wrong with abortion? So why should or why would people be so opposed to being being referred to as pro-abortion if abortion was perfectly acceptable? So I think that's why the pro-abortion movement actually themselves wants to be referred to as pro-choice, not pro-abortion, because abortion carries a stigma that they don't want to be identified with. And these arguments work by diverting the public from thinking 
whether ending an un, a unborn child's life is right or wrong and instead focusing actually on individual rights. So I think that's why they use the word choice. And I think um, choice, you know, that word's a, a really interesting one because it taps into the value which we all have as human beings and that is that value of freedom of choice or autonomy. Um, so it's actually quite clever. And I think it's really important to note here that the Catholic Church values the freedom for all people to choose. But we believe that everybody's choice is equally important. So in the case of abortion, we believe that the choice of the mother is important, the choice of the child and the choice of the father, and they're all equally important. And what the church really wants to get to is offering real choices to women, choices that uh, you know offer health and offer her well-being and offer alternatives that will just really assist her in this time of vulnerability. And I think that's really important that most women that experience, you know, contemplation of abortion are, are actually in, in great overwhelming feelings and, and great fear and trauma. And so it's the Catholic Church that really wants to come alongside these women and, and offer them real choices and informed choices, uh, choices that not only benefit her uh, at this present time, but will benefit her for, for the whole of her life. And I think that's what's really important. I think because we have so much evidence now of women who have had an abortion and have described how at the time they felt that there was no other choice, that that was the only choice. And they often felt, um, you know, persuaded into that choice. I might just jump in. When hmm. you say that th those women did not know that they had a choice, would it not be fair to say that many women do know that they have a choice and that they can have the child and that there are other considerations, uh, maybe not social stigma or lack of money, serious as those can be, but perhaps just, you know, it's not, it's not right for me or this is not a good time in my life or maybe I would not be a very good mother, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the thinking is. So then with this in mind, isn't it fair to say that the reason that we say pro-choice rather than pro-abortion is not because anyone is pro-abortion per se, but merely because we are respecting a woman's capacity to choose, to choose for herself. Yeah, you you raise some really interesting points. I think you know. Firstly, I want to say that there's a you know there's a a gamut of reasons why women have abortions, and you you've um, outlined some of them. But mostly, women that that choose to have abortions seem to be subjected in that moment to a a withdrawal of support. So a lot of a lot of young girls, a lot of women have. Have come uh, come out and said that at that time the boyfriend or you know the father of the child has uh, threatened to withdraw love, threatened to you know end a relationship. Parents have threatened you know to uh, close the door on, on the child. So in that moment, you know women feel there are there is no choice that they would be you know isolated. They would be left on their own. And to have a child, although it is the most, you know, wonderful and treasured and beautiful experience, it can also, for many women, be very, very frightening. And if we live in a world also, and especially in, uh, in a society and in a state like Victoria that, that has, um, has made abortion legal, you know, our society is also promoting that this is the best choice for women. 
that, you know, life can resume as it was uh, uh, if we have abortion. But we have so much evidence now to show that this is not the case, that so many women that have experienced abortion go on to have, you know, extreme depression, have guilt, shame, uh, increased substance abuse, suicidal thoughts. And unfortunately, you know, some women have actually suicided. So, you know, this is a lie that our society and that the um, pro-choice or pro-abortion movement are trying to paint to women that, you know, everything will be all right. You know, life can resume as it is, and it's just absolutely not true. And we have so many Catholic organisations that help women who have had abortions or um, also help women that are, that are pregnant and, and contemplating what their choices are, you know, organisations like Walking With Love or Rachel's Vineyard or Open Doors or Carolyn Chisholm Society, places like this that, you know, show that finally these women feel listened to, finally they feel that, that they have support. The Bayes Project offers, you know, tangible material monetary support. And when women are given these real choices, that's when they feel, I can, I can actually do this. It's not as overwhelming, you know, as they thought it might be. And also these organisations, God bless them, work with women that have had abortions. And, you know, many women have remarked that they have finally felt listened to, that they finally felt someone actually cares about the situation and, and that's walking with them and walking on that road, hopefully, to healing. Abortion is not, you know, is not delivering on all that it's promising and that's what we're really seeing now through through so much testimonial you know evidence as well Mm. i think it's also important to note here that abortion um and we're seeing this in victoria is actually affecting the choices you know not only of of the baby and the father and and so forth but it's also affecting the choices of doctors and we're seeing the, the case of dr hobart where, you know, doctors are not able to exercise their moral conscience because abortion is, you know, uh, in favour of the woman and her own personal choice. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, is a law just and fair in our world that only seems to favour, you know, one person and, and unfortunately does not help or, um, you know, respect the choices of others as well? Well, you say that it doesn't perhaps uh, fly with the freedom the, of conscience that doctors and medical practitioners and others have to legalize abortion. But it is ultimately a personal choice for a woman. It's a deeply personal choice in that it's her offspring and her body. Uh, now, how can Catholics justify the intervention of a large institution run mostly by males and with pronounced views on the subject and even blanket views so a dogmatic or formal opinion regardless of circumstance uh, except for a very few extenuating circumstances in matters relating to a woman's body how seeing that it is personal can catholics justify the intervention of a large institution well as a catholic woman myself i care very deeply for all women And I'm really happy to belong to a church that is made up of women as well as men who work tirelessly to support and to show women better choices for their body and healthier choices for their well-being, not only at the time of their pregnancy, but for the quality of their life for for their entire life. And I think that personal and responsible choices are important when a woman is given real choices and is supported to make real and healthy choices. 
I think then that's when we're truly caring for the women in our society. I think it's really important to outline here that we must remember that an abortion clinic can actually only survive if it performs abortion. You know, so they have a really vested interest in persuading women at her most vulnerable time to have an abortion, to go ahead and have it. So the the abortion industry is a multi-million dollar industry which exists to make money from pressuring pregnant women to having an abortion. So their business is to sell their one and only product, and their product is abortion. And so they use, you know, deliberately use vague language, they deliberately, you know, persuade women at their most vulnerable and, and frightened, you know, time. And I, I, I know that we have so many testimonies to, you know, to show this, that so many women felt like they, they estimate that over two-thirds of women felt pressured into having an abortion and that after having an abortion they regret it um, and that if they could choose again they wouldn't have had it. And I, I think it's really important. What was that statistic, Daniel? Over two-thirds of women who have abortions regretted regret it and felt uh, they were persuaded to have an abortion and then go on to regret having it and if they could choose again would not have one. And may I ask, well, where did you get this statistic? This was on the one of the pro-life sites. A pro-life, a Catholic website? Yeah, yep. Catholic website, yes. Sorry, I just haven't written down where I got it from, but I was just Googling and it was on the pro-life site, which had um, quite a, a varied amount of statistics, which was really interesting. And I think you, you need to remember here that it's actually the Catholic Church who embraces these women and supports them in choosing life for themselves and life for their babies. So it's a Catholic church who offers real support and, and offers a, you know, a voice of truth uh, for women who are afraid and confused at that time. You know, we're, we're not uh, in, a, in a market, a multi-million dollar market, trying to persuade women. We're, we're actually listening and trying to meet them and come alongside them uh, at their time of fear and confusion. And I think it's the Catholic church that we know that walks with women who are grieving at the loss of their baby and at the choice that they've made. And it ha- actually helps women to, you know, to follow that path of healing. In abortion clinic, once they've done their, their deed or, or what they were paid to do, close the door. Women, you know, they don't, they don't counsel women. They don't support women on the next stage. And it's the Catholic Church that comes alongside and, and embraces with these women at this time. It's really important to remember that pregnant women deserve better and, and they deserve love and support at that time. Hmm. And yet, for all that talk of love and support, first of all, I it's it's just two things now that I do want to talk about. Could you clarify for our listeners what the Catholic Church's uh, teaching on abortion is exactly? At, at no time or stage is abortion ever um, allowed or you know to be undertaken. Except, yep. Yeah. Um, well, please continue because there is one very specific circumstance, isn't there? You mean if it was uh, to to prevent the woman's life from being threatened? Or... Yes. Yep, the mother's life? Yes. So um, in that case, yeah. it would be uh, a hysterectomy and the removal of the uterus and not an abortion per se, but yes, certainly it would end the child's life. Mm-hmm. If it if it was likely to kill the woman, is that right? Um, yes, but there's you know a lot more information on that in today's um, day and age because 
if you're looking at, you know, uh, our medical um, industry, you know, back in the 60s and so forth, um, it, it's a different time to now. So now women's health is, is not much greater in threat today because of advances in, in medical knowledge. And I've got some quotes here. A group of top um, gynecologists in Ireland stated, we affirm that there is no medical circumstances justifying direct abortion. That is, no circumstances in which the life of a mother may only be saved by directly terminating the life of her unborn child. And also we have a U.S. Surgeon General, Everett Coop. In my 36 years as a paediatric surgery, I have never known of one instance where the child had to be aborted to save the mother's life. And even in um, even a leading abortionist for me, and his name is Alan F. Gutmarker, today it is possible for almost any patient to be brought through pregnancy alive unless she suffers from a fatal illness. If so, abortion would be unlikely to prolong, much less save her life. So we have a lot of evidence to show that because of medical uh, research and advances that it's very rare that a woman's life would be saved um, from having to abort her child. Mm. Uh, and yet the church would not would not punish the woman or, uh, you know, censure or criticise the woman for making that choice. Well, again, you have to remember that, you know, when a woman is, you know, spoken to by doctors about her situation, she has to, you know, to weigh up everything. And because of the advances in medicine, it is uh, more than likely that a pregnancy can go full term. Yes. Or a child could be delivered earlier and still... um, and, and still be safe. Yes, but just theoretically speaking and also dogmatically speaking, the mm-hmm. church does allow some cases where not abortion per se, but a no. hysterectomy and thereafter the loss of the child's life anyway is, is possible. It's not that it is a blanket statement. There are very few, but there are notable exceptions. Like, for example, the case of Gianna Bethetta Moller, uh, yes. An Italian, I, th- I believe she was Italian. Uh, yes. And in her case, the loss of life, uh, although maybe she, you know we don't, I don't know whether it's possible that she would have lived had she had the hysterectomy, which was being um, offered to her. But in any case, the church didn't demand that she uh, go through with the pregnancy. She chose to, and she died. I'm not sure if that child lived, but that would be one, you know, that, that, that is proof then that the, it's not the church which um, demanded that she had the child. It was her own love. And I'll just read you this from Catholic Online, yeah. uh, which is in 1961, Gianna was again expecting. During the second month, she developed a fibroma on her uterus. She's since become a saint, um, by the way, listeners. After examination, the doctors are looking at this fibroma, this growth on the uterus, gave her three choices, an abortion, which would save her life and allow her to continue to have children, a complete hysterectomy, which would preserve her life but take the unborn child's life and prevent further pregnancy, or removal of the fibroma alone with the potential of further complications. And then it does say on Catholic Online that Roman Catholic teaching allows the hysterectomy but would forbid an abortion. Wanting to preserve her child's life, she opted for the removal of the fibroma. 
So the reason I ask is because I think it is it is important that listeners we we make these podcasts so that any lay Catholic can click on one and listen and feel like they they are um, they've been given something of a crash course in the debate as it exists and mm. and here it's that the Catholic Church is against abortion but that uh, there are some cases where in order to save the mother's life the the child's life might might have to be taken so in any case my question was about why then should we i mean really we're kind of getting off of this but why should we augment after a very difficult and painful experience like this for most women why should we make it more difficult with the talk of sin and punishment um i don't know if i've answered that well like you know firstly yes it is true that in, in very rare circumstances the, the, the Catholic Church does teach that, you know, a woman, you know, in very rare examples may have to, you know, opt to end her child's life to save her own. Yeah. And that is true. But it, it's also true to, to note that, that um, St. John Amola's situation happened in 1961 and, you know, the, the medical uh, profession now is so advanced that it's very rare that this has to be a choice, that it is possible now to, you know, um, extend the pregnancy and deliver the child, you know, at, at 25 weeks or at 30 weeks and then and still save the child's life as well as the mother. So I'm glad that we live in, you know, in, in a society that, that that's possible. But I think this this story, this, um, you know, beautiful example of St. Jana Mola is really about... You know, a woman, a mother's love for her child that is so great that she is prepared to sacrifice her own, her own life. And, and this is such, you know, of the model of Jesus Christ that showed us. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, what we really need to take from this example, um, that she did not want to end her child's life. And this child, uh, you wonder, did go on and live. And, um, and, you know, w- was a very blessed and, and beautiful child. Um, and after seven days of giving birth, Jana actually did, um, die, um, of peritonitis. So that was an infection. So, um, I think what we can take from all of this is that, you know, in Australia, uh, um, we have over a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand abortions performed every year. Mm. And one of the one of the statistics that I found on the pro life um, website was that ninety six percent of these are because of women's um, mental health at the time. So they choose to have an abortion because of you know the the mental state that they're in. Uh, and we've talked about this, you know, overwhelming fear and anguish and and feeling that lack of support. And only point five percent were because of a medical condition. So, you know, we, we have to see here that, you know, as Catholics, what, what women are feeling or what women are needing mostly at this time is not um, added trauma to their life and added trauma to their body, but what they're needing actually is support. And they're needing that person that can actually offer you know, that, that helping hand and that encouragement because so, so many women go on to say, you know, they regret it and they wish that they'd had their child and they feel the pain of, of seeing, you know, a child at five and, and realising that that's, you know, the age their child would have been at. 
Um, so, you know, as a society, I think we're giving the wrong message to women that, that abortion, you know, is a quick fix and will solve all their problems because in, inevitably it's not. You know, what is actually helping women is organisations like Walking With Love that actually help women, you know, give birth and actually become a mother and, and you know, enter into this great mystery of, you know, of love and, and unity and, and walking with the child and growing with them. Mm. Um, and also supporting women that, that may want to go on and adopt. But these are healthier choices for women, not only at the time, but for the whole of their life. I think that's really important to me. Danielle, we'll stop there. Um, I just want to thank you so much. I know that this is a, um, a big topic and it throws up many considerations. Uh, and uh, I hope that our listeners will be joining us for our next instalment, uh, this part two of our conversation with Catholic Voices on the topic of abortion. And you've been listening to Conversations with Catholic Voices and uh, we were joined today by Catholic Voices spokesperson Danielle Lupi. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you all. You've been listening to Conversations with Catholic Voices. Stay tuned for more episodes at cradio.org.au. And for more information on Catholic Voices Australia, visit catholicvoices.org.au. Radio.org.au